Hello, camp counselors, campers, and everybody who has ever yelled, woo, after a great fireworks show. I'm Maddie Hammond, and you're listening to Camp Stories. June 30th, 2019. Today was, as I've come to understand, a typical weekend day at Camp Harwood. While the kids did pretty much whatever they wanted, I helped out at swimming. For the first time, I escaped buddy board duty in order to help the lifeguards on the diving platform. There are two diving boards here, a low and high dive. There are also two water slides that come from the same platform, and the kids love those slides. The high dive looks terrifying, which means I definitely have to do it at some point this summer. When Callie got back from her day off, she brought a bunch of stuff from Goodwill back to the cabin. I already knew a lot of her clothes came from thrift stores. She always talks about how she prefers treasure hunting for clothes rather than going to the mall or shopping online all the time. In addition to a few sundresses, Callie bought a beat up bookshelf, a bunch of books, a handful of CDs, and a decent looking CD player. Of course, the girls were so entertained by the old stuff. Most of them have probably never touched a CD. And why would they? Music has been digital their whole lives. Anyways, we listened to NSYNC's No Strings Attached and Backstreet Boys Millennium and had the girls vote on which they liked better. Those guys were a little before my time, but I've always enjoyed their music when someone else puts it on. Most of the books Callie bought are educational in some way, so I started The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People before sneaking out late to meet up with Lucas. Remember on my first day here, when we walked out to the overlook, the wooden deck that sits above the trees near the lake. Remember how I had a little fantasy about going there with Lucas? Well, tonight that fantasy was realized. The moon was a little bitty sliver of a waning crescent tonight, so it was dark up there and quiet and private. We didn't spend too much time talking. Tonight was hotter and more horizontal than we've ever been. By the standard definition, we didn't have sex, but we did just about everything else. It was wonderful. I'm still having doubts about any sort of future with Lucas, but he is sweet and very attractive. And I don't have much basis for comparison, but he seems to really know what he's doing. So no regrets. Just love, just fun, and uh, maybe some splinters. The overlook is made of wood after all. July 1st, 2019. So it's officially the last week of session one, which is sort of nuts. I'm finally feeling at home here at Harwood. I helped out at swimming this morning, but didn't get stuck at the buddy board for the whole three hours. Bert had a project for us. After we checked the kids in, two of the swim staff and I grabbed brushes and buckets of paint and got to work painting a patriotic mural on the side of the swim shack. I didn't realize it until later in the day, when Callie told me, that I had just taken part in one of Harwood's oldest traditions. Staff every year paint the swim shack with a mural at the beginning of the week of the 4th of July. It was a lot of fun. We painted a white eagle silhouette over a background of stars and stripes and filled it in with the words Harwood 2019 in bold black script. 
It looked really cool by the time we finished. Rest hour wasn't very restful. The girls are still obsessed with the NSYNC and Backstreet Boys CDs that Callie brought back last night, so we spent the hour making up choreography just for fun. In the afternoon, I helped out at sailing. We had a mini regatta today, which sounds a lot fancier than it actually was. It was just a sailboat race, but the sailing staff were super into it, and so were the kids. I even got to sail a boat by myself. Because enough kids wanted to sail the bigger boats, one sunfish was left on the shore. I was more than happy to hop in it and get out on the water. I'm not really any good at sailing yet, but I think my confusion gave the younger kids confidence in their own ability. Evening activity tonight was the beginning of Color War, which is a huge deal at Harwood. After dinner, we stayed in the lodge. Amanda, Bert, and Benny handed out a note card to each camper and staff member, which resulted in a pretty complicated scavenger hunt for us to unite with our teams in different parts of camp. My card led me from the lodge, to the nature shack, to the archery range, and finally the boathouse, where Benny was waiting with a giant pile of blue bandanas and blue Camp Harwood t-shirts. Once the full blue team was assembled and dressed in our new team gear, we met up with the rest of camp, split into Bert's red team and Amanda's yellow team, at the sports field for an epic hour of relay races and field games. It was cool that the directors organized it all so us staff could have fun and compete with the kids. The point system was hard to keep track of, even for me, but the blue team came out on top for the night. Color War is going on for the next two nights, and I'm looking forward to finding out what the other activities are. I like that the teams are split up fairly. Boys, girls, and staff of all ages are spread evenly throughout each. None of the other Sycamore staff are on my team, which is kind of nice. I got a little out of my comfort zone today and made new friends with some other staff that I wouldn't have had a chance to get to know otherwise. July 2nd, 2019. We had our three regularly scheduled program periods today, but all anybody could talk about was color war. The activity tonight was capture the flag, but with a totally different set of rules than the other times we've played. The head cook, Kate, is the only person on camp who is not part of any team, so she basically runs Color War to keep things fair. She hit a rainbow flag with the Camp Harwood logo somewhere on camp, and we all had to try to find it. I read online that a lot of camps do a hatchet hunt as part of their Color War, but finding a flag in the woods seems a lot smarter. It isn't that I don't trust the kids of Camp Harwood, but they're a lot less likely to hurt themselves on a piece of cloth than on a heavy, sharp weapon. Blue team did a good job of dividing and conquering, but red team ended up finding the flag hidden in a tree all the way out by senior camp. Bert spent the night gloating, obviously. So now red team is in the lead to win. Hopefully blue team can win rope burn tomorrow and be color war champions. July 3rd, 2019. Wow. Today was long. I am exhausted. But at 7.38 this morning, I completed my goal for this session. I finished the heart challenge, 
I spent the whole day in a sleepy haze, but swimming two miles at dawn apparently does that to you. Tonight was the last night of color war. Red team won. I am way too tired to even be bummed out. Okay, I literally can't keep my eyes open. I'm happy to have accomplished my goal, but it's time to go to sleep. July 4th, 2019. This was probably my favorite day of camp so far. I feel weird celebrating America these days, but today was unforgettable. For starters, everyone wore their most obnoxious red, white, and blue outfits. Callie has been hoarding stuff from the thrift store for us for the past month, so I borrowed a giant men's button-up shirt with American flags printed all over it from her. It was long enough that I could get away with just wearing it over my swimsuit, cover-up style. Jess wore cut-off Levi's that had been spray-painted with stars on one leg and stripes on the other. Alexa jokingly called today, treason day. She's from England, after all. But happily wore a blue sundress speckled with white stars and a red bow in her hair. Callie, thrift queen that she is, looked straight out of a Macklemore music video. Fourth of July is her favorite holiday, so she went all out. Her red and white striped jumpsuit would have been more than enough, but she paired it with a blue tie-dyed bandana, American flag Birkenstocks, a blue sequin fanny pack, and oversized star-shaped glasses. It was a lot, and she looked awesome. The kids were so cute in their red, white, and blue, too. We had some acrylic paint set out so they could paint their faces with stars and stripes. Our morning activities ran according to schedule, but after lunch and rest hour, the day looked a little different than usual. Instead of having a third program period in nature time, we had an all-camp boat parade. All the campers and staff are welcome to join, and nearly everyone participated. Benny and Kate stayed on land with a handful of campers who were nervous about being on the water, but everyone else piled into canoes, sailboats, rowboats, kayaks, and the skiing boats to do a lap around Heart Lake. I rode on one of the skiing boats with Jonas and two other ski staff, plus five older campers. We blasted country music from the boat's speakers and took turns waving an American flag high in the sky. It was so much fun. Lucas, Dave, and the handful of campers were sailing in Eskow, which is this giant sailboat with two sails. They stayed pretty close to us and tried to play their music louder than we were playing ours. We totally drowned them out, though. Built-in speakers easily beat a little Bluetooth speaker. Lucas looked really hot at the helm of his sailboat. Because he works high ropes, I've never seen him on a boat before. Of course, he's good at sailing, though. He's good at everything here. Also, I have a confession. I couldn't stop looking at Jonas. The way his arms bulged when he turned the wheel of the speedboat. The way his thighs looked when his red swim trunks inched up a little too high. Am I being gross? Does this mean I'm not into Lucas the way I should be? Why are all the guys so attractive here? Okay, putting boys in the back of my brain for a minute. I'm 
really proud of my camper, Grace. Geeky as she is, I saw her on a canoe with two other Sycamore girls, and they looked like they were having the time of their life. I love seeing her have friends here. After the boat parade, we all went back to our cabins to get ready for the camp dance. It's a tradition for the last Thursday of each session, and the girls had been looking forward to it since they first got here. Twelve-year-olds are sort of a mixed bag when it comes to getting dressed up and going to events with boys. Some of the girls had dates, if you can call it that, while some were just looking forward to dancing with their cabin mates. Some of the girls put on lip gloss and mascara, while others just forged around in their trunks for the cleanest t-shirt they could find. They were all excited, though. For the dance, Amanda asked me to be on Purple Patrol, aka make sure the senior campers don't sneak off to the woods to make out. I stood by one of the doors of the lodge and made sure nobody left. Little tasks like this are pretty common for first-year staff, so I wasn't too bothered by it. Plus, a group of Sycamore girls kept coming to dance with me and keep me company. Little Grace even brought me a slice of cake. Such a sweet kid. The girls were all pretty worn out by the end of the night, so they fell asleep quickly. Heart Lake does its big fireworks show on 4th of July weekend, so with today being Thursday, only a few fireworks were shot off at various spots around the lake. A handful of us staff, Lucas included, went up to the overlook to watch them. I laid next to Lucas and held his hand as we watched the explosions in the sky. With him, I feel warm and happy and comfortable, but I couldn't help but notice that I don't feel fireworks when I'm next to him. I know that's super corny, but the pyro in the sky really got me thinking, and my brain kept wandering back to Jonas and his biceps. I've never experienced this before, having two crushes at once, but I almost wonder if I'm losing interest in Lucas because we're taking things so slow. Honestly, at the end of the day, I'm just here for the adventure and to live a story worth telling. And if that means that I have more than one love interest, that story might be a little more interesting. July 5th, 2019. Because today was the last day of the session, it was the last day for kids to earn awards. Because a lot of the kids here are very goal-oriented, it was a crazy day. I split my time evenly between canoeing and sailing, running in and out of the boathouse and helping kids get out on the water. Little Grace ended up saving her last award for Canoe Master for today, and I got to see her finish it. That was special. I'm really proud of her. Dinner was an all-camp cookout outside the lodge, and parents were welcome to join for the festivities. It seems like most of the parents who come for closing night cookout and campfire are alumni, so they knew their way around and helped distribute burgers and hot dogs to the kids. Liam's parents, the ones who own the house on the next lake over, seemed to have pre-gamed a little to come volunteer. They weren't inappropriately drunk or anything, 
but they were giggly and flirting with each other like teenagers. It was cute. There were some solemn and formal elements to the closing campfire. Master awards are given out in a very ceremonial way, and seeing Grace get up to accept three was awesome. The Sycamore girls cheered so much for her. She's the youngest camper ever to complete three master's awards in one session. I'm happy that I've gotten to know her. After the more serious stuff, we sang campfire songs and recited the camp oath. With the lightning bugs dancing around us, it was magical, powerful. I felt like I was a part of something so much bigger than myself. By 10 p.m., all the kids and parents had cleared out and our weekend off officially begun. Almost everyone just relaxed at camp, but a few staff went back home for the weekend. Alexa, Callie, Jess, and I went back to Sycamore and made a plan for tomorrow. There's a big 4th of July party at Liam's house, which apparently is the big social event of the summer. The cabin is peaceful and quiet, but feels a little lonely with only four of us here. That being said, I'm looking forward to recharging my batteries this weekend and having a great time at this party with my friends and with Lucas. It's going to be a big night. July 6th, 2019. Dear future Liz, just so you know, you're writing this on Sunday, July 7th. You were way too busy last night to sit down and journal. Kudos to you for a good night. Well, an eventful one at least. Let's talk about it. Callie, Alexa, Jess, and I basically spent all day prepping for Liam's party. After sleeping in, we put on bikinis and went down to the skiing dock to lay in the sun and tan. We put a little sun in in our hair too. I've been using it every few days and I really like the highlights it's giving me. A handful of skiing bros were using the speedboat to wakeboard today and I enjoyed watching them. Okay, I enjoyed watching Jonas. The way the water sparkled on his shoulders, how strong his legs looked as he steered in and out of the wake, the way he kept running his fingers through his wet hair, it's like he knew I was watching. What a show off. And a flirt. When we got hungry, we packed up our towels, put clothes on, and headed into town to eat and shop. The four of us made a shopping list last night, and we were on a mission to find some new sundresses for the party. We also ended up buying face masks, some new nail polish, and a box of fireworks. We ate at a little Mexican restaurant in town, and I had some delicious veggie fajitas. Back at camp, we showered, did face masks, and painted our nails in the cabin. I opted for a blue glitter mani-pedi. The whole time we spent getting ready, we sipped on these really sweet alcoholic drinks that Callie and Jess bought us. They're red, white, and berry flavored, and seem to have a pretty low alcohol content. The girls bought them as a joke, but I enjoyed the two I drank. It was still pretty early in the night when we left camp to walk to Liam's house. I think we got there around 6. I think I was also a little tipsy at that point, because time flew by. 
The party was interesting right off the bat. A lot of current staff got there about the same time as we did, but Liam's parents and their friends had already been drinking for hours. They were funny. A woman pulled me aside almost immediately to drunkenly tell me about how much she loves her family and how her twin girls are going to be in Sycamore next session. I'll get to meet them soon. I got into a very intense cornhole tournament with Alexa as my partner, and we basically destroyed all our opponents. Our final round was against Dave and Lucas, and it ended when we won, and Lucas came over and gave me a long, deep congratulations kiss. Just overall, it was like a family barbecue that turned into a frat party when the sun went down. The real adults all went upstairs and crashed in the bedrooms, while our generation partied on the ground floor of the house, in the basement, on the wraparound porch, and all over the lawn. Lucas and I made out all over the house, kissing in almost every available room over the course of the night. It was hot, I was buzzed, and I thought we might sleep with each other. We would lose each other and find each other. It was almost like a little game we were playing. So imagine my surprise when I walked into the guest bedroom and found Lucas and another girl in bed together, rolling around naked. It was like time stood still. My buzz went away immediately. I ran outside, sat on the beach, and cried for what seemed like forever. I felt so stupid. What did I think, that he was all mine? I was numb. And you know who came to my rescue? My German knight in shining armor, Jonas. He was pretty drunk when he laid next to me in the sand and handed me a cold can of beer from the local brewery. He kept mumbling in German and didn't push me to have a conversation, but his presence was such a comfort. We laid next to each other in the sand for a while, and I couldn't help but put my head on his chest. It was like he was a magnet and I was pulled toward him. I loved his smell, a combination of deodorant and laundry detergent and beer. He ran his fingers through my hair and quietly hummed a song under his breath. I fell asleep there, in the arms of a giant German man who, without knowing it, brought me the quiet emotional support I needed. We woke up with the sun and walked back to camp together. It was a quiet walk. He brought me all the way back to Sycamore, hugged me and kissed my forehead before going back to his own cabin. The campers come this afternoon, so I'm going to get another few hours of sleep. My mind is still racing, but my body is exhausted. I have a lot to process. Thanks for listening to Camp Stories. Be sure to subscribe to get an update when it's time for the next chapter of Liz's adventure.